Welcome to the people-powered Green Left Podcast, where we give a voice to the 99% and not the big corporations. If you think this project is important, please consider becoming a supporter today. Now, on to our latest episode. You're listening to Green Left. For this episode of Green Left, we're going to be interviewing uh, Ganyanat, um, who is an activist um, from Thailand who is currently based in Sydney. And we have her on our program today to have a bit of a discussion. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. To continue producing shows like this, we need your support. Consider becoming a supporter for $5 a month, sharing this show on social media, and submitting your own stories. You can do all this at our website, greenleft.org.au. About the political situation that is currently unfolding in Thailand. For those who have been following um, the media, um, Thailand has been... Uh, the subject of massive kind of protests, um, primarily led by the youth. And in fact, Green Left has been covering um, this um, quite um, with a number of recent articles. Um, yeah, so um, good um, Good morning, um, Ganyana. Hi. So maybe just to start off, what can you tell us, I guess, a bit about your kind of political background and, you know, how you kind of got involved as a, a political actress? Because um, from my understanding, you've been part of organising some of the solidarity actions from um, Sydney and solidarity, I guess, with the protests that are happening in Thailand. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I have quite a long background to start from. Uh, I originally from Gate, which is a small province in Thailand, neighbouring Cambodia. When I grew up, everybody in my hometown, everybody had to worship the king. We grew up with the feeling of in debt. We always feel in debt of the king, gratitude. Um, we watch the news 8 p.m. every night, every single night, no skip, about how great the king is, all the missions, his activities, everything that he did for us. So I grew up with that feeling that the king is the greatest man in the world. And uh, I'm, I'm more like on the, the nerd side. I'm a very academic person. I study really hard. So um, I encounter many competition just to earn some money about. Uh, so I won a lot of competition in writing essay, um, worshipping the king, praising the king, because most of the, the topic was like, um, for example, the one of his famous theory, the self-sufficient theory. I want this many times without thinking, without actually critical thinking, because critical thinking is something I've never been put into the the curriculum in Thailand. But I came to realization um, about when I was about to be 14 years old, I got the scholarship to study in USA. And there's this teacher came to talk to me. She, uh, sure, I was in uh, a, a club, crossword club. We're playing crossword and she asked me just a simple question um how do the how how did the king earn the money that's very simple question so and i never thought of that before and i um you know you know in the history i was there i was taught us that the king and the the whole dynasty they're all rich and they all reach from their birth. So there's some sort of the wealth coming from their own money. And then I start digging it up and I found, and at the same time, I, I, was, uh, I had a report to do on the opium war. 
in Thailand, how the opium war in Thailand ended. And I was shocked to find that the king's mom, he already passed away. She passed away in 1995. I was born in 1992. So I didn't get to meet her, but she was like a grandmother figure that I wish I could meet her one day in person. She's such a great person. She's so kind. She's so understanding. But for the opium war, what I found out about that is a mass killing of the tribal people up there in the north. They have no choice. They have to grow opium because they, they didn't have any other jobs to do. If they want to do agriculture, it was illegal. So it's more like a, a hit and run in terms of uh, you see the officers, they run. They see officers, they run. So they, they didn't actually grow opium at all. But the, the government make it look like these tribal people were farming illegally intent in on in the intention to uh sell drugs in thailand and and put people in in danger that they carry a lot of weapons all of these are propaganda put by uh, led by the the american i was shocked to learn that my grandmother figure the person that i idolized all my life that i wanted to meet her she was part of this scheme and it was like the whole the whole world collapsed for me. So the more I started digging in, it's not even that hard. Just get some history book and explain everything, everything that never been taught in Thailand. So I found myself on the activist side since, that, since then, but I didn't get to express my opinions much because the... The abuse of power in Thai in the Thai educational system. If you were student, you're not allowed to say anything against the teacher. And because uh, I I was more I still self selfish back then that I carry care a lot about my my grade. I want perfect grade, so I need to be teacher slave, I do what they say until I went to university, and I found a lot more people that care about the same topics about how Thailand has gone uh, so far in history. So I found a group of people that share the same uh, enthusiast that, uh, enthusiasm that I, that I have had in the, in the history side. And then I moved here in Australia after I got married. Um, unfortunately, I was, about to, I was about to complete my, my master's degree, but I got it put it on pause and then I came here to see I never been to Australia before to see how it's like and kind of take a, take a pause on my activist side as well and and then till the protest started and I've I feel like I it's my time I need to I need to do something I can't just stay on idle anymore I need to do something to um, to help the people back in Thailand because I can't go back in Thailand because Thailand still closed their, bo their border, uh, only limited flights to go to fly back. That's another limitations for me to join the protest. I really wanted to join. I really wanted to join the protest in Thailand, but I can't go back. So I found a group of people. Surprisingly, a lot of people. Uh, I found a group in the the famous Facebook group that was shut down. It was, uh, it's called the Royalist Marketplace is actually mocking, mocking the king, mocking the, the royal system because the name Royalist is mean people that worship, uh, love the king, right? But since Thai people and especially Thai 
government Thai offices, they not good at English at all. So this group were this group was allowed to stay open for over like six months before you oh sorry three months before it's eventually shut down, and uh, we gain like um, I think now it's over a million a million members and people sharing their opinions and I found. The people in in Sydney, they posted anybody from Sydney, and I joined the group, and I found a bunch of them, dozens, and then we grew the number growing, growing every day. So in our group, we currently we have over 300 members in our group, which is I know that there are more than 15,000 types living in Sydney or more, at least 15,000. Most of them still in. In illusion, delusional, delusional world that the king is good, and if you say anything against them, against the king, you get kicked out from the group. I tried to post it, um, sharing this uh, protest, my my activity in the Thai group, which is um, it has over a hundred thousand members. The my post was allowed to be to be there for I think three hours before it is actually taken down. Because there's a lot of people found it uh, offensive to what they believe. Well, that's um, yeah, that's it's very interesting. I guess hearing about, I guess your background and how you um became involved politically. I guess the next kind of question is maybe just for in terms of a background, I guess for our listeners who are not necessarily familiar with the history of Thailand politics and I guess the current kind of political situation. What can you, I guess, tell us? I guess about the current political situation in Thailand, especially in the context of some of these, I guess, massive kind of protests that are um, happening. All right. Um, for what's happening right now, it's more like a, a a long ongoing protest started from the result of the election 2019. That's one of the most shameful election in the history. A lot of uh, corruptions, a lot of bribes, a lot of false, a lot of faulty and errors in, in the election. Almost every single uh, election uh, stations. But um, the government never given, ne- could never ever give us a proper answer of how things went that way. For example, um, there was a an observer, one, one person, she was recording how the the uh, the officer at the uh, electoral electoral uh, counting spot get up the the do you still we still do the the physical paper when you vote it's just physical paper the ballot and uh, they put it out pull it out and they say out uh, they call out what what number they voted for let's say uh this is for Thai. but the other officer which is to do the counting the tally at the back instead of putting the number for Thai, they went for Palang Prasharat, which is the government, um, the government supporter uh, uh, party, and that's not just or even the the ballot is false, is wrong because it's, uh, they say no vote. Even for the one the no vote, they put to, for the Palang Prasharat, and we have clips, we have video clips, dozens of it, and it's never been cancelled. So normally, you you should cancel the that election. Uh, for that, for that, for that, confirm they confirm the result. Even uh, even on the the very day of the result came out, 
anybody with simple calculator can can do the calculation. It's very simple. Let's say the number of the people that are allowed to vote is 20 million, but the number of the people came out to vote, the, the total votes were 24 million. So where the 4 million came from? And the government, the, the commissioner couldn't answer us. The one of the reporter asked this question and he just say, I don't have calculator now. So, so that's some, this is so outrageous. This is something that the youth, even though they, they don't, they don't really follow the politics. A lot of us, this is the first time that we allowed to vote because they, we didn't have the, the, they were cooped for, the coup was uh, put the state into dictatorship for over four or five years. This is the first time we have election in the past six years. And they feel like they robbed, they, their voice was robbed. They wanted to vote for something for someone else, but the election went the other way and it's not fair. You can tell that it's not fair and we can't do anything. We feel powerless. That's why a lot of university students, even high school students came out to protest, to voice to voice their, their belief, their, um, their anger, more of the anger, all the protests, how the inequality and unfairness in Thailand has been put on them, forced them to, to stay in this kind of box of society that you don't have voice. And even you try to vote, the only time that you can pick your own government, you still you still don't get the one you want, but not but not by because of you know people vote against you. It's not, it's by the system is rigged. You can say it's rigged. Yeah, I'm going, I guess, uh, before I guess I go into talking a bit about, I guess, the protest movement, I guess, can you give us a bit of, I guess, background information on what what, what exactly uh, were the kind of different sort of political parties, I guess, that were sort of competing in this sort of election? And what is the, what is the character, I guess, of the current party that has apparently just gotten elected in a sort of rigged election? And in fact, um, Thailand history has been sort of characterised by this, where I remember in 2014, democratically elected government was elected, and then the military decided, oh, well, no, we're not accepting this government, and basically got overthrew that government in a in a coup. So I guess, I mean, yeah, what can you tell us, I guess, a bit about some of those kind of specifics? Um probably going to have to start from the beginning of the history of the the longest, the, the oldest political party in Thailand, which is um, the Democratic. They call themselves Democrats. They thought, they think to them, they think they regard themselves as the Democrat of the USA, even though they're not. So that's, let's say, that's the blue, that's the blue party. That's a uh, Democrat. They never won an election, but they, they kind of, they kind of been the the favorite of the middle class. The middle class favor the Democrat Party because their candidates more like um, educated presented themselves as if they are educated and they have a good um, understanding and they have good attention to to improve. And you have the People Party, the People Party, the party that speak for the poor. Um, this party has been dissolved, disbanded many times, and they started from Thairak Thai back then in 2001, the first time they won the election, almost a landslide. And then 2005, this is a clear landslide. Never, ever, nobody, nobody ever won this election, this 
this with this huge margin before. That's the People Party, which is led by Taksin Shinawat. Um, but he was later on uh, disbanded. The, the disband. They changed its name to Palang Prachachon, which is meaning uh, the power of people, and then disbanded. So the same group of people to form the next party. Um, but according to the current constitution, which is just written recently in uh, 2017, according to the, to the voting system, the people who formed this party had to divide their party into two in order to gain as the as many as they could for the seats. So they divided into two party, Thai Raksa Chat and Pue Thai. Sorry, that's two party now. And then the military, the, the government found their way to disband Thai Raksa Chat, another party. So now we have only one party left, which is half of the, the, the vote that they wanted. But they still won. They still won the election by number of the seats. And then you have the cobra. We call it cobra, cobra in Thailand for the slang of someone that betray your friends, that they seem to be your friend. They say that they're going to be on your side. But on the very day, they changed. And instead of in your favor, they bite you back. That's why they we call it cobra. So this cobra, they are two party, Pum Zai Thai, which is at first, when they on the campaign, they were saying, we're not going to vote for General Prayut Pratan Osha. We're not going to vote for the military dictatorship. But after the election, Pum Jai Thai, which is the, now it's the third party, he voted for General Prayut Osha. And then Palang Prasharat. Palang Prasharat is the new, new party, but they formed by veteran politicians. All of them are from the former, the former uh, MP, member of parliament that, that won the election before. And they joined this party because of, clearly it's because of the money. On the very day that they announced their, the, the launch, the release of the party, they, they had the uh, dinner party. And in order to, to, to join the dinner, you need to pay 1.5 million baht. So that's how the, they do the fundraising. They call it fundraising. And this party, Palang Pacharat, even though they never say, okay, this, this current uh, constitution is really, really strange in every way. Even though you won the election, everybody have to put out the candidate for the prime minister. The prime minister can be anybody. He doesn't need to be, the prime minister doesn't need to be the leader of any party or the prime minister doesn't need to be elected or voted by the people, but they're gonna be elected, voted by the member of parliament. That's why General Bayutan Osha, he never appeared on any rallies, any campaigns because there were uh, questions whether he is allowed to be the, to be the candidates because there's a rule in the constitution saying that the candidates, the candidate for MP couldn't be state officer. So they were questioning whether his position as the military junta, he's the head of the government. Isn't he a state officer? But 
the constitutional court ruled out that he isn't a state officer. Mm. So this is not another another big problem, the root cause of everything. How uh, we call it the the revolution of the court system. The court, um, there's a proper word in that, but I forgot. It's more like a how court, um, the, the the Supreme Court and constitutional court always work for the king instead of the people. Okay. Well, I'm um, reading from this article, I guess, in Green Left. Um, you've talked, you've spoken quite a bit about some of the background of some of the issues that have, I think, in some ways, um, been a causal, I guess, linked to some of these protests. But in um, in this Green Left article, I guess you were quoted as saying that, I guess, this sort of round of sort of protest has been kicked off after after a 20-year-old history nerd, I described mm. there, be, uh, had been tweeting, I guess, about Thai history. Oh. Um, what can you, I guess, tell us a bit about that? Because I wanted to sort of, yeah, get a bit of information yeah. about um, how is that linked to, I guess, the wave of protests that has been um, triggered? Yep. Um, before that, after the election, and it should still go back to the election, after the election, a lot of kids who were kids, by, by kids I mean youths, anybody below 18 who can't even vote, cast a vote, they they share a lot of opinions, they express their disgust, disgust, it, um, disgust on, on the result on Twitter. And now more and more people would join Twitter, but they use anonymous or alias to, to hide the identity. There's this person, uh, he's called himself Anonymous or Niranam in Thai. He's been posting about history from the, the, the beginning of the 1932 revolution and then the October massacre, just a bit bits of uh, history here and there, now and then. And he gained a lot of popularity. He had at some point, I think uh, almost a million followers on Twitter, then he disappeared. He just disappeared after he was chair. Um, he tweeted, "I now I'm gonna start a series about how King Rama the Eighth died," and that's his last tweet before his tweet uh, his tweet Twitter account was removed. And we found later on that there are a lot of officers went to his police officers went to his house. They, and he was arrested. His family were threatened and he was put to jail in prison for six days. When he came out, his head was chafed, chafed. And he said, I'd rather not speak what's happening and I'm going to lay low and stay silent. So, and we tried to get him to talk what happening, what happened to him in the, in, in, in there, in the prison. But he said, for the safety of my family, and his family was really poor. In order to visit him at, at the prison, they had to borrow money. They didn't even have a car. They, in order to travel there, they have to pay 500 baht. And this money, they borrow someone. Or do they, they live on, the parents were, their, his parents were a working class, working by working in labor, labor work. And he was, he he was really worried about his family. So since then, he kind of disappeared from the internet world. But it didn't stop right there. This sparked a lot of new new series of anger. People were angry. Why? He didn't do anything wrong. He was just 
sharing information based on books, history books. It's not that he made up or anything. He had always had evidence to support his his argument. So um, that's how kids, by kids, I mean uh, students, came out to protest. Started um, by, but a lot of people were ridiculed them at first. Uh, they were ridiculed by a lot of people at first that, oh, you just internet kids. You really grade behind the keyboard, but you're not going to come out on the street. You don't really know what is protest, how is the protest the real world is. And if your parents know, you're still begging money from your parents. So you're not going to gonna come out, but they came out. What can you, I guess, tell us following these, I guess, these, this, I guess, triggered massive protests, I guess, primarily kind of led by the youth. What can you tell us about what are these protests, what are the protesters kind of demanding in terms of change? Like what are kind of the demands that they're kind of putting forward, I guess, to the government and to the, um, to the wider public? Uh, in the past, by in the past, I mean the last few months, um, there were two different groups demanding two different things, uh, but now they join. All the the two these two groups they share the same demands now, which is the, the ten demands. The essence of it is to to put the king under the constitution. Right now, the king has his own uh, has his own companies in a way, but. Um, he run his own. He, he can take money whenever he wants it, wants whenever he wants, and this is couldn't be traced at all. In the past, there were an office called the Royal Palace of Office, who were dealing with the assets, who were dealing with um, the budget, budgeting each year. Back then, when he was still the crown prince, but now the king, he now became king, and he took that. Um, that office out of the government control, so he can manage his the money however he likes without need. He doesn't need any permission or approval from the government anymore. And another thing is also, we want to revoke the Article One One Two. The Article One One Two is one of the big, biggest problem in Thailand, and we a few countries still have it. Uh, we call it Lay Majeste Law, which is um, allowing this. This is part of the criminal code that forbid you from speaking anything against the king, anything at all, even if it is the fact, anything that put shame on the king. So we would like to uh, express criticism about the monarchy. And we also want the king to give an amnesty to those persecuted for their criticizing the monarchy in the past. And we also demand that the king must not sign the, must not, must not legalize the coup. In the past, all the coup could be successful because the king signed. So he must not put his signature on that paper anymore. And we also demand the investigation of the death of those who criticized or had any relations to the monarchy, which uh, so far the number, the, the number of casualties had been over a hundred. Okay. Okay. So, um, what what has um with in with this new protest movement that I guess is growing um in Thailand, especially since I I think I've heard that I think 
um, over, I think, 100,000 to 200,000 people, or maybe you can correct me on the numbers in response to the question. Um, what has, I guess, been the response of the government to the protests, especially in terms of uh, the question, I guess, of repression? Um, this is a very, um, very tricky question because uh, first in the past, how the, the government dealing, this is more of accusations because we, we don't really have any concrete evidence to back up this claim. But in the past, all the violence and repressions were allowed, it was sanctioned by the queen. Now she's the queen regent and she's in really serious uh, health condition. So now the new king, he, in my opinion, he's is smarter than his mom. So he doesn't, he hasn't done anything uh, violence yet. Doesn't do anything, any violent acts from the government yet. So the government, even though they try to make it, as hard as possible for the protest to uh, to to run their their campaigns, their rallies. Still, there's no. Um, there, there were speculations, observations of uh, we see the constellation of the the army, the the force coming from provinces, gather in Bangkok, but so far it's more like a like a threatening act that they tell us that we are ready to shoot, but they are not shooting yet. Meanwhile, what they do is putting the, the leaders arrest thousand, oh no, that's exaggeration, let's say, arrest after arrest after arrest, put on a lot of arrests to scare, to threaten the, the leaders to stop their protests, stop their demonstrations. And they still stick to the, what they believe it is a peaceful way to uh, deal with the protests. I th believe it is yesterday, the prime minister just gave the interview and in saying that these protests trying to trigger, trying to trigger, uh, put, put the government to its limit to use violence. They're asking for violence. That's what the government thinking of us right now. What's the prime minister just said yesterday? Find out, I guess, I've heard that the protests themselves have been taking lineage from particular historical events in Thailand, especially the student movement, I think, in the 1970s. And I guess, what can you, I guess, tell us um, about that? Um, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of hear your sort of take and um, perspective on that. Yeah, sure. Um, for, the, for the history part, the 1970s, we have two big, uh, one of the biggest protests led by students. It was um, led by Thammasat University, the same students, the same students from the same university that running uh, this protest at the moment. Thammasat University is known for its uh, freedom of speech. One of the very few universities in Thailand that allow uh, students speak their mind to hold any events that would encourage them to to think critically to think about what happening around them, not just political in, in, in particular. So um, back in 1973, that was uh, one of the biggest uh, gathering, roughly 300,000 students from all over the country came out to 
asks to demand the resignation of the government, which is also the same, which is the history repeated itself all over along the history of Thailand. 1973, the dictatorship, which is from the coup, from the coup, even before that, it's the coup was 1960 something. I'm sorry, a year. And then the dictator passed away and his successor, now his successor, even more aggressive, even more violent than his predecessor. And the people had had enough of of the dictatorship. We want our, our own prime minister. We want to vote. So certain came out asking for the right to vote. And they were successful at some point because the dictatorship, the dictator himself fled to Singapore. He became monk uh, because in Thai belief, if, right after you became monk, even though you're criminal, but if you became monk, you're... Your your sin washed off, and then you become a respectable p- person again. So now he tried to enter the country. Nineteen seventy three, seventy six. Uh, three years after that, there's another huge protest because um all the, the violence that that happened during this this dictator, he put a lot of uh there was this the thing called Tang Dang, which is a lot of uh political opponents were found. Activists, political activists, were found in a red barrel, uh, body disassembled. You can't really tell what happened to them. You didn't. You can't really tell whichever like part of the body, but you saw the heads, so you can tell which uh, who are them. But the, all the body, you know, all the limbs were were separated and it were burnt. So that's how a lot of violence happened during. This uh, the reign of uh, General uh, Thanom Kitikajon, and so there's another protest in 1976. But this time, uh, the first time, 1973, I believe just six people died. That's the the record saying that is only six people die. But for 1976, this time, the state involved by state, I mean the government and the king. So, because they started a propaganda that one of the protesters, one of the protesters, protesters uh, killed a man look exactly like the crown prince on purpose to threaten the, the crown prince. So that that sparked another anger of the group of the royalists. They came out. These people were the one that you, if you look up October 1976 massacre, you will see these people holding share, beating the cops, the, the dead body. These people, they, they were angry. They were brainwashed that the protesters, the students protest uh, against the king, the monarch. Actually, it's not. We, pr- we just ask for election, the real election. We haven't had election in over like two decades, 20 years, no election at all. And we didn't, we demanded that no, we don't want Tanom um, Kitikajon in this country anymore. He need to be on exile seek refuge somewhere else do not come back um so um there were a harsh uh, repression by the government in the morning uh 5 a.m in the morning of uh 6 october 1976 tanks and guns were used real real bullets 
live bullets and um, live ammunition. We believe more than 5,000 students died, but the total number, official number, which is 46, which is too small, that, that, that's not happening, that's not real. Um, it was all the pictures that we got from, um, from that event what's like more like a lucky shot by a foreign uh, foreign uh, journalist who just went out. He was curious what happening. He took his camera and he just randomly shot. It wasn't planned. And and all this become the key moment in the history that exposed what what uh, how the government deal with the people. It all rumors. I grew up with the rumors that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of body were dumped. That was I was taught. Uh, was was told when I was young. A lot of body was dumb in in the Gulf of Thailand. I w- I didn't know, and I I just want the government to be to be frank, to come out clear, clean of what actually happened. Because all these rumors, a lot of people still finding their kids, finding their lost child from 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 that protest for uh, how many years ago? Almost fifty years ago. A lot of people are still missing, and so. And one of the key men is from my faculty. I'm from Faculty of Arts. Uh, he's Jit Pumisak. He's one of the poet, like prodigy, the child prodigy. His excellence, he, his excellency in, in Thai, it's uh, something that we never seen before. And his poem, we still, we still chant his poem until this day. He, he's, he just asks for, he demands for the, the, the fair election. And the the government and the king framed him and his uh, the other leaders of, of the protest that they joined the communism that they communist. So a lot of them had to after the the violence that the repression that they the crackdown of the the protest early that day early that morning, the people went into forest where they actually meet the real communist. <laughs> So never be a lot of them. Now they are professors. One of the professors, the key professors, is um, Professor Tong Chai Wanichukun, and he's uh, wrote a lot of books about uh, Thai politics, and he's still active. He's one of the few that's still active uh, on um, on Thai political movements, and um, so many of them never met any communists at all in their life. We just heard rumors. So they, they, they try to escape, uh, to save their lives. They can't go back to their home at all because their own parents are going to be in danger. So they went to per, the, the forest and they now they became part of the communist. And they found out about the communist movement in Thailand that they, they, they didn't, unlike any other communist move, communism movement in other countries, we didn't try to overthrow the monarchy. We try to overturn the um, military mili- military dictatorship. The bu- more like a bureaucratic system, not not the monarchy himself, the monarch himself. And uh, it was branched from Chinese. Very briefly, the connection between the Chinese communists communists and Thai communists is very briefly. But the king himself gave the interview to CNN. Uh, or BBC, I might miss remembering it. I remember it wrong. Either CNN or BBC saying that the people, the students, the leaders of that protest were communist. So that's how, and they deserve to die. 
that's that's something that when I found out I was shocked. It's like my whole world is breaking because I look up to this king as if he's you know the greatest man in the world, and why one of the greatest men, the kindest person in the world, that why he say that thousands of people deserve to die because they're communists because just different different opinions, different beliefs, and they deserve to die. So, uh, for Jit Pumisak, he's a key figure. Uh, he, if he still live, he would be ninety this year. And people in my university, they just had the uh, anniversary for him, and we tried to uh, unfold his the real story of Jit Pumisak, unlike the one that um, they frame him. And he, even though he never completed any degree, he wrote a lot of books about Thai language. Thai history and uh, all of these books are great. And considering he some of them he was re- he wrote it when he was just nineteen years old. So we lost the um, important person that could have changed the 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 that could have changed the country into the better better state than what we have right now. He would die age of 35 and he was mass uh, he was murdered by a group of police more than 15 people shot him that day mm. in uh, northeast of thailand oh thank you so that's uh, that's all very i think very interesting kind of history that gives a, a particular kind of context i think to the protest uh, i'm interested in um we'll probably con- get ready to get co- us conclude um this interview soon um but i guess i want to kind of find out um one of the kind of headlines, um, headline kind of points in the in this article for Green Left is that following this massive protest um, in September nineteenth to twentieth, the the um, protest organisers have called for a general strike for October fourteenth in Thailand. And um, I guess what 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 can you I guess tell us about that? Uh, for the the strike, one thing that the Thai all is that they never recognize any violence that they did to the people so for we just want to remember we just want to the people to remember october 14th 1973 the beginning of all these movement by students so we call for the general strike uh, i believe there might be a protest but it hasn't been confirmed yet and i uh, in Sydney ourselves, we the group in Sydney, we organizing another uh, another more like a forum discussion forum, but uh, we want to we want to find a date to share both six October sixth and October fourteenth, so we pick uh, October tenth, which is the middle of both dates, and it's also Saturday that would be more convenient for people to join. Um, it's but it, this time is more like a forum instead of you know speech against the king against the the government this is more like a remembering the reminisce uh reminiscence of what happening back then so the strike it's to is uh, it's demanding the, the the government not to use violence against citizen again never and to recognize what happened what they did which is we think we is it's really important because it's something that never happened before. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. To continue producing shows like this, we need your support. Consider becoming a supporter for five dollars a month, sharing this show on social media, and submitting your own stories. 
You can do all this at our website, greenleft.org.au.